the Lord. So, Father, we just come before you this morning, thanking you and praising you for life-changing words, anointed words from the anointed one that change our lives and that set us free. Thank you, Father, for the book and the Holy Ghost who is in this place today. Thank you for speaking to us and changing our lives forever. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we're talking about this morning, part two of I Choose Faith Over Fear. We discussed last week that we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't want anything that God has not given. How about you? Now, what He has given, He has given to us the spirit of faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 13, it says, But we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. So when we're talking about the spirit of faith, we're not just talking about cataloging or logging scriptures or the knowledge of faith. We're talking about the spirit of faith. You know, Caleb and Joshua definitely had the spirit of faith. You'll notice over in Numbers chapter 14, I believe it is, and verse 24, it says that Caleb had another spirit with him and has followed me fully. And as a result, because of that, I'm going to bring him in. In other words, Caleb's not going to be kept out of the promised land. I'm going to bring him into the promised land. Now, let's just back up just for a moment in Numbers chapter 13. And we understand and see that God said that he had given them the land. And then he sent out 12 spies to spy out the land. Ten of the twelve brought back an evil report of the land, but Joshua and Caleb brought back the good report. Amen? So let's back up just for a moment to Numbers chapter 13, if you would. And let's take a look at our scriptures there in verse 27. In verse 27 it says, And they told him and said, We've come into the land whither you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey. This is the fruit of it. Yet the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And here we saw the children of Anak and all these other ones in verse 29. So here they are, wailing and despondence, saying to themselves, there's no way we're going to be able to go in. They're bigger than us. We're going to die. Now notice what Caleb said. Remember, Caleb had the spirit of faith, just like you do. In verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people. Basically, what Caleb was saying is what Psalm is saying, be still and know that what God said is true and it will come to pass if you'll just hook in with it. So Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us not wait till tomorrow. Let us not sit here and talk ourselves out of it, but let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. I can just see Caleb. Guys, quiet. Look at the grapes. Remember what God said? We can do this. See, Caleb chose to yield to what God said. Caleb chose to believe. In verse 31, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. 
And they brought back an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search, it's a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that are in it are men of great stature. Now read verse 33 with me. Ready? Read. Go ahead. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so were we in their sight. They were moved by what they saw more than by what God said. So what we see is, is they let fear in, and because they let fear in, it kept them out. And I believe the Lord just impressed me with this thought last night, late. He said, don't let fear in and keep you out of what God has for you. Don't let fear in and let it keep you out of that new job. Don't let fear in and keep you out of that new relationship. Don't let fear in and keep you out of the peace of God that belongs to all of my children. You see, fear is going to knock on the door every day of our lives. And that's why daily we must choose faith. Amen? Faith always overcomes fear. Now with, go with me to Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. Now Father, thank you for ministering this to us. Now from the NLT in verses 1 and 2. It says, When Ahaz the son of Jotham and the grandson of Uzziah was king of Judah, king Rezin of Syria, and Pekah the son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, they set out to attack Jerusalem. However, I love this, they were unable to carry out their plan. You know the devil's got a plan for your life. But no plan of the devil's going to prosper. Amen? Because God's plan always trumps the devil's plan. Now notice in verse 2. It says, The news had come to the royal court of Judah. Syria is allied with Israel against us. Not good news. So the hearts of the king, that was David, and his people trembled with fear. Now notice, like trees shaking in a storm. Like trees shaking in a storm. They were definitely moved by the bad report. It moved them. Now, when we receive a bad report, whose report will you believe? See, there's this one report. There's a witness of men. But then there's the other witness, the witness of God. And the witness of God is always greater than the witness of men. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. I've discovered this, that the arm of the Lord, which is representative of resurrection power, is always revealed to those who believe the report. Amen? I ask you once again, whose report will you believe? So here's what Jesus said. When this comes, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it in. Just believe in God and believe also in me. Now, I want you to pick this up in the message translation of verses 3 through 6. Then God told Isaiah, go and meet Ahaz. Take your son, Shir Jashub. Somebody says, that's not how you pronounce it. Well, I'm preaching, not you. <laughs> A remnant will return with you. 
Meet him south of the city at the end of the aqueduct, where it empties into the upper pool on the road to the public laundry. Tell him, listen, and what? Calm down. And don't be afraid. And don't panic over these two burnt out cases. (laughs) In other words... Those that are coming against you are burnt out. And last time I checked, someone that is burnt out doesn't have a lot of steam left. You know for sure the devil and his demons, they sure enough burnt out. Because they've been in a hot place. So here's, here's the Lord's attitude. Here's the Lord's instruction to us. Hey, chill out. Calm down. Don't yield to fear. And don't panic. Because those that are coming against you are simply burnt out. Resin of Aram, the sons of Ramaliah. I love this. They talk big. You know anybody like that? (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) They talk big. Or the devil can talk big. They talk big, but look at here. What's to them? Nothing is to them. That's why Jesus said, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There's nothing to them. Therefore, nothing can hurt you. Say that with me. There's nothing to it. Therefore, nothing can by any means hurt me. Understand this. God never, I repeat, never ever looks at the enemy and said, Oh, he's bad. He's bad. Faith never brags. On its opponent. Doesn't brag on how big the disease is. Doesn't brag on how big the bills are. No, we must give it no place. But in doing that, we must give God's word first place and make it our final authority. Now, this can be difficult to do, especially when you're new to this. But if you will practice this and do this as a way of life, it will become second nature to you. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will begin to speak. When darts come against the shield of your faith, the shield of faith, they shall be quenched. Why? Because you and I are not moved. Somebody said... Well, have you ever been moved before? Yes, I have been moved before. But you know what? I'm learning to stay calm. How about you? Anybody anybody learning not to panic? Now, we're not talking about, you know, yesterday where we've panicked in the past and, and we've kind of, you know, gone off the tracks a little bit. No, we're talking about it's a new day. It's a new revelation. It's a new way. It's a new life. It's a way... For you and I to live. I'm not standing up here telling you that I've never 
panicked. I've never feared. I'm not standing up here telling you that. Yes, I have. But I have learned through the process of time that all the panic and all of the fear and all that junk doesn't do me any good. But God's Word is always good. And God's Word will always give you peace and it will prevail over your circumstance. Raise your hands up and say, that's me. I take that. That's mine. I have it now. Amen? Woo! Oh, I'm telling you, the spirit of faith comes from hearing an anointed word. And the anointed word that they heard was, they are not going to prevail. Following this along, Aram, along with Ephraim, son of Remelah, have plotted to do you harm. They've conspired against you, saying, let's go to war against Judah, dismember it, take it for ourselves, and set the son of Tabil up as a puppet king over it. But here's what the master says. And this is what's important for us to know, is what does God say? But God, the master says, it won't happen. It won't happen. I think we need to say that very often to the enemy. Let's practice it right now a couple of times. It won't happen. One more time. Does that give you some peace? One translation says what they determine is not going to happen. The rest of the verse says nothing will come of it. And as we read on, because the capital of Aram is Damascus, and the king of Damascus is a mere man. He's burnt out. His name is Rezin. Think about that. Rezin, burnt out? Okay. As for Ephraim, in 65 years, it will be rubble. Nothing left of that dude. The capital of Ephraim is Samaria, and the king of Samaria is Mir, the son of Ramaliah. But now, here's the warning, and this is something that we need to take heed to, just like they did. It goes on to say, now, if you don't take your stand in faith, you won't have a leg to stand on. Are you listening? That means, translated, we better take our stand in faith. One translation says, now then, if you don't hold firm, if you don't believe, you will not remain firm. The King James Version says it like this. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. One with the spirit of faith and those who choose faith over fear are those that have established hearts. In other words, they remain firm, they remain steadfast, and they remain fixed. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, I don't know that I can do that. You can do it. But you must believe that you can do it. And one of the scriptures that resonates with me every day of my life is Philippians 4.13. You know what that says, don't you? It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. In context of what we're talking about, we would say it this way. I can stand firm. I can be strong and remain strong in the Lord in the power of His might. I love it, don't you? Now, go to 2 Chronicles 32. Man, you are, uh, you're the speed class today. Man, you guys listen so good and participate so good, you might get out by 4.30. Just kidding. 
Now, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 32. It says, After these things and the establishment thereof, after these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and camped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. Greedy, greedy, greedy. You know the devil is a thief, right? And what does he come to do? He doesn't come to bless and to lift and to heal. No, that's Jesus. The enemy comes to steal, do what? Kill and to destroy. So here comes this hot shot, looking at everything. He says, you know what? I'm going to rob that from them and I'm just going to take that for myself. I'm going to win it for myself. Now notice what God's leaders said. God's leaders in verse 6 says this. And he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and he spoke fear over them. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that. It does not either say he spoke condemnation over them. Now understand this, that the people that heard this report were shaken. But the leaders came along and instead of saying, why are you shaking? Where's your faith, you ugly thing? Bump, 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 bump. What they did is they wrapped their arms around them and they spoke comfortably to them. Come on, somebody. Is this not the third person of the God's head's ministry, the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter? He spoke comfortably to them. And my brothers and sisters, you and I have the ministry of consolation. You and I are men and women who should be pouring in the oil and the wine to those that are in the midst of battles. We are not to come along with a condemning word. We're to come along with a comforting word. We're to come along with a lifting word. We're to come along with a blessing word. Oh, I've seen it happen time and time and time again in my life that God sent a a person of faith. God sent a person of comfort to minister to me and to minister a word in season. You see, the Word of God in season is not just for you. It is for you, but God will give you a word in season for somebody else. I said, God will give you a word in season to the fearful, to the weary, to the weak. God will use you to be a blessing and to lift people up. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, I thank God for the fire of God. I thank God for the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit. I love that move of the Holy Ghost. But I believe that one of the greatest moves that the Comforter wants to move through is to move through you on a daily blessing, daily basis, being a blessing to those around you. Place your hand over your heart and pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I ask you, sir, to help me to help others. Help me 
to minister to others. Give me a word in season. A word of comfort. Now let's just lift our hands right now and thank Him for it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Expect me to use you. Expect me to bring across your path the downtrodden. Expect me to bring into the sphere of your influence people that you can speak a word of grace and a word of comfort to. And you will see my anointing and my glory flow from you into them. And they'll say, oh, I'm so glad our paths crossed today. Thank you so much for blessing me. Hallelujah. You see, those that are outside of this wall, they may not agree with us doctrinally. They may not even relate to a message like this until they're born again. But I tell you one thing that the world does relate to is the world relates to love. I said the world relates to love. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's so true, love never fails. The opposite of failure is success. If you want to be a success in life, and if you want to be irresistible and be a great blessing, flow in the love of God, flow in the Spirit of God, and speak comfortably to those around you, especially your wife. Not this, what's time dinner? What time's dinner? How come the laundry's not done yet? If she was a wise woman, she says, Hey, settle down, Mac. You're rocking the boat. Do the laundry yourself. Go to McDonald's. Get out of my face. Now, I'm not getting any of that from Brenda this week. And I don't want you to miss her. <laughs> Speak comfortably to your wife. Love her. Tell her daily how much you love her. Well, honey, don't, 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 you, think I'm, don't you think I'm putting a little weight on? Oh, baby, you look good with that extra. Mm-mm-mm. That's my mama. Huh? And wives, speak nicely, speak comfortably to your man of God. Don't compare him with others. Be thankful for the gift that God's given you. Come on, guys. And speak words of life over your man of God. And so, verse 6, as he spoke comfortably to them, saying, verse 7, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all of the multitude that is with him. Oh, read it with me. For there be more with us. Yeah, a multitude came against them, but God's got greater multitudes for the devil's multitude. I'm telling you right now. In verse 8, it says, With him is an arm of the flesh, but oh, with us 
is the Lord God to help us and to fight our battles. Now notice what happened. And the people rested themselves. The people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. The words of Hezekiah were the words of the king. And they were anointed. And it came into their souls. And oh man, it just... It brought just a sigh of relief. And that's what the anointing will do. It will remove burdens and it will destroy yokes. That's why it's important to stay in it. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the anointed word of the Christ. And when that anointed word gets into your heart, oh, my brothers and sisters, (laughs) it brings such rest into your soul. Now, the word rested there means literally to lean on or to prop up on, to rest in. And I've written this statement down. I want you to listen carefully. For every terror, there is a truth, there is an anointed word that you can breathe a sigh of relief and lean on it and fear no more. Say with me, I'm leaning on the anointed word. And underneath me are the great and glorious everlasting arms. What does the truth do for you? It makes you free. But did you know that it will also keep you free? Now drop down to verse 21. We talked about angels here for a moment. Notice in verse 21. It says, And the the Lord sent an angel which cut off all the mighty men of valor. Think about it. Just took one of them. And the leaders and captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was coming to the house of his God, they that came forth of his own bowels slew him there with the sword. That's the devil right there. Think about that. He failed his mission and they killed him. But oh, thank God. Say it with me. The angel of the Lord worked on their behalf. And I declare this over your life, that the angels of God are encamped around about you. And that God is protecting you in all of your ways. In the mighty name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over your loved ones in this house this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for protecting them and causing them to prosper as you lead them and guide them every day of your life. Say with me, God's angels are encamped around about me, for I reverence the Lord. You see, angels are here this morning. If God were to open our eyes, we'd see big angels all around this place. I mean big ones. We'd see some big angels. You thought Goliath was big? Man, if we could see Pastor Tom's angel, woo, big Big, big, big. But the angels have been sent forth to minister for you on your behalf. The scripture says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? The scripture says, Bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength. And it goes on to say that they hearken 
to the voice of His Word. And you and I are the voice of His Word in the earth today. What does that mean, Pastor? That means when I align this, and I align this, and I get my speaker hooked up with my believer, and I say what God's Word has said, the angels of the Lord who are strong, they hearken and they go forth and they work on my behalf. Do you believe it? Turn quickly over to Psalms 112. Man, you guys listen so good. Psalms 112. We said this. Those with the spirit of faith have an established heart. Amen? In Psalms 112, in verse 7, it says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings or of bad news. Why? Because his heart is fixed, trusting where? Verse 8, read it with me. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. This word established is the same word that what they said when the people rested themselves upon the words of King Hezekiah. Listen, friends. A man or a woman with a spirit of faith, with an established heart, is resting on God's promises. And then in, in the NLT it says this. Such people will not be overcome by evil. See, the Bible says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with what? Be overcome evil with good. Such people will not be overcome by evil... Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust that the Lord will care for them. You are in the Father's care. The Father Himself loves you. Say it with me. He cares for me. Therefore, I cast all my care upon Him. Because he does care for me. Now, I can just sense it in my spirit. It's not that you don't believe that, some of you. It's that you, you struggle with it. You struggle with it. And I think that the, the main reason why people struggle with that is because they didn't know the care of an earthly father. They didn't know the care of an earthly father. And therefore, it's difficult for them to believe and to trust that their heavenly father cares for them. Now, here's the good news. Your heavenly father is not like your earthly father. Amen? Your heavenly father is not a man that he should lie. Neither is the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he not said that he cares for you? And shall he not make it good? Amen. Now, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody, but if that describes you, here's what you need to do. One of the main things you need to do is this, is you need to say regularly. If it's you and if it was me today, I would say it at least 10 times before I went to bed. 
And here's what I'd say. My Father cares for me. My Father cares for me. I'm in my Father's care. My Father, say it with me, my Father cares for me. Hallelujah. One more time. My Father And since He cares for you, will He not feed you? I mean, if He feeds the birds by the billions, don't you know that you and I are better than birds? I mean, if He clothes the lilies of the field each and every season, each and every year, which is by the billions, if He clothes them, how much more will He clothe us? I'm in my Father's care. I don't have to worry where I'm going to sleep tonight. I don't have to, I don't have to think about where I'm going to put my head tonight. Why? Because I'm in my Father's care. So I said, well, Pastor Mark, I wish I had a, had a better house. Believe your Father. I said, believe your Father. And let your Father take care of it. Because he cares for you. Oh, woo, glory to God. But not only that, don't wait till you get the new apartment, the new house, the new townhouse, the new condominium to be thankful. Be thankful right where you are today. Be thankful in the clothes that you've got on. Be thankful in the car that you're driving. Be thankful in the nation that you live. Be thankful in the house that you live. Be thankful and it will open the door for more, more, more. Woo, glory. We just hit a gusher whether you realize it or not. We just hit a gusher in this service today. My Father cares for me. My Father is on my side. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Shoot your biggest shot, devil. My Father loves me. My Father cares for me. He's given His angels charge over me. And they keep me in all my ways. Samuel says, you're excited. Yes, I am. Why are you so excited? Because my father cares for me. He cares for you, Ladoris. He cares for you, Bertha. He cares for you. He's watching over you. He's watching over your life to protect you. You don't know how many times he's spared you. You don't know how many times he's kept you. And if he's kept you this far, my brothers and sisters, he's going to keep you all the way till that glorious trumpet sounds, till Jesus comes back for his bride, till Jesus comes back for the one he shed his blood for and for the one he cares for. Come on, somebody. Shout amen. Hallelujah. Say it with me real strong. My father, he cares for me. Therefore, I refuse to fear. I treat symptoms of fear like I do symptoms of disease. I treat symptoms of fear like I treat symptoms of lack. In the name of Jesus, let's shout because we've got the spirit of faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.